Hey everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Hunt the Wild podcast. I'm your host Adam Bolds and today I'm joined with Brad Luttrell of the Go Wild app. How you doing Brad? Good man, thanks for having me on. Yeah, hey, um, I just want to have you go, have you introduce yourself a little bit, tell everybody kind of who you are and then we'll kind of uh, dive into your app because I'm digging it. <laughs> yes, I've seen you in there. So I, yeah. I know you're actually using it, which is always nice before you do a podcast with somebody. My name is Brad Luttrell. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Go Wild. So uh, born and raised in southeastern Kentucky, currently live in Louisville, uh, lived in Kentucky most of my life, spent like nine months in, in Tennessee after college, but uh, been here for most of it. I, um, I grew up hunting and fishing and I, I grew up doing mostly, you know, uh, bank lake fishing. And, uh, I did, I did some like small game hunting with my dad I was super into off-roading, but in college I started getting into hunting more. And then after college, I really got into whitetail hunting and really learned how hard it is, uh, especially on public land back in Eastern Kentucky, where there's not as much of a deer population. Uh, you know, it's known for big bucks. People think of Kentucky as one of those States, but, um, it's definitely tough uh, in certain parts of it. You know, where I'm at now, it's like if I walk out of my office tonight, I'll probably see deer. But uh, the eastern part of the state is very tough. And I was going through that and, um, you know, trying to figure it out and had this, you know, part of what led me to go out was just struggling. To, to Everybody kind of thinks like, oh, you found a hunting app. You must be really good at hunting. It was actually the opposite. Like I really sucked and was trying to get better. <laughs> and I'm like, this is insane that I can't find help on the Internet because you know, 20, 2014, 2015, 2016 of each season, you know, I'm finding like outdated forums and, and YouTube was around. It was not the player it is now for hunting content. I think now you've got like people see the hunting public and they see seek one and it's like, Oh, I want to do that. And it's created this abundance of content. But I mean, we used to watch hunting videos on YouTube and they, they kind of sucked. Like, yeah. I mean, it's like, it wasn't what it is today. And so, you know, that kind of, started this whole thing so i'm that guy i'm the guy that uh really sucked at hunting and went out and built an app selfishly to fix my problem <laughs> assuming so, somebody else had that problem too what kind of forums were you using do you remember back then i won't name names some of them are still around they look awful it looks like they were made in like 20 2001 you know it's like yeah. that that old uh old style forum it felt like something um, I'm old enough to remember the angel fire websites and it was not much better than that. Like it was really outdated. And the biggest problem was I would end up in a forum about like just deer hunting and you'd be reading about something and you get like 10 or 12 or 20 messages in and you're like, dude, they're talking about Texas. And it's like, yeah. I don't have cacti here. We don't hunt that same way. Uh, totally different. That's irrelevant to me. And so that was the biggest challenge with the forums. The other thing, um, those forums, Reddit, and Facebook groups can be a really intimidating place to post because as soon as you come in and you're like, what kind of boots is everybody wearing? And they're like, read the threads. You know, everybody gets super mean. And I always thought that was crazy too. It's like being new to, to a group, you're never really welcomed to the family. You know, it's like you're told to shut up and get in line and read what everybody else has talked about for the last three years. So part of that was, you know, kind of what we set out to try to redesign too with Go Wild. And I think too, if if you've joined our platform or if you do after hearing this, you'll find that like nobody tells you to sit down and shut up. It's a very welcoming experience, partially because we've taken away some of that expectation of like, 
this forum that people treat like it's the Ten Commandments. You know, this this forum uh, thread was written from God, and you're not allowed to touch it. And it's it's not like this holy place. Like this is just fun. It's like deer camp. You know, you can say whatever you want. You can come in and and ask whatever you want. Nobody's going to shame you for it. I will ask you this, and you may or may not know the answer. Why do you think those forums, they seem to have lasted this whole time? There still seems to be people posting on them and stuff. Why do you think they've lasted as long as they have? I think because you can get good information there if you're willing to put up with some of that stuff. Yeah. Uh, and I, I do think a lot of it, too, is um, a lot of the people that are still there are OGs. They've been there. Yeah. And, um, you know, some of, I, I've heard people like I, I know we'll have uh, uh, these big Facebook groups and people are like, oh, I wish we had our own trail on Go Wild and I wish we could come over and we'll make one. And people really like the idea of it. But if you're in this Facebook group that you grew and it's your baby, um, you know, you've got your own little thing. And so we've, yeah. we've tested that a couple of times and those big groups just don't convert into Go Wild members very well. I think people get complacent. Um that's part of it. Uh, so I don't know. I don't, I don't have like a really good, I think it's a lot of little things. I think you get complacent. I think you get comfortable with something. Um, I think there are good answers in those. I think there's a lot of really good information in them if you can get in there and put up with it. But I don't know, man, I, I just like on go out, I don't have to do all the work. I can just post the question and I can flag it as a question. And now the app goes out and finds people that it thinks can answer it. And usually I'll get like 10 answers in 24 hours or more, you know, and that's not just Brad, the CEO, like you can do that. Anybody can tap into that. And I don't know, it's a lot easier. <laughs> it's yeah. a lot easier to have people come to me than me to go out and try to read through all your old forum history. I was really intrigued when I started posting on there because I wasn't really sure how um, like active it was going to be because I knew it's it's not super new, but it's not been around like nearly like as long as Facebook or anything. Right. So I was posting on there thinking, oh, I might get one reply like, but I was like shocked at the notifications like on the replies and stuff um yeah people are very very active on there and they're very helpful and it's kind of nice yeah. not to be shamed <laughs> yeah and part of like part of the it's funny because we're not facebook with millions of people and sometimes people think like oh i need that i need that kind of volume to be able to get interaction and good engagement but there are ca accounts in our platform that get more comments than some of these nonprofits that have a quarter million followers on instagram I mean, it's just a fact like, you you know, if you look at some of those accounts, yeah, every now and then they'll have something go viral. But like when you start looking at what it is, it's not like it's really good at content. Usually most posts from a big account will get like six to 20 comments. And yeah. you've been on Go Wild long enough to know it's like you can have three followers and get that kind of engagement. It's not about the followers on our platform. Uh, it is a forum. You know, at the end of the day, you're still posting into forums. We've just visualized them. And it's not so labor intensive to sort through them. So uh, just to quickly explain what we're talking about, the the app is more similar to Reddit than Facebook. You know, Facebook, you got to have a network. You got to build up your friends. Instagram, you got to have followers to get engagement, right? For the most part. Go wild. You're posting into a forum. It's very similar to a Reddit. You're gonna If you post into, um, you know, you're really into arrowheads and you post into an arrowhead thread on Reddit, everybody that follows that thread or that, that subreddit can see it on go wild. If you post into deer hunting, you're going, everybody that's posting into deer hunting that week or that day can see your post. So, uh, we, we are immediately putting you in front of thousands upon thousands of people that are also interacting around that topic. So like trapping, for example, I've yet to be proven wrong on this. I'm pretty sure this is accurate. I think we have the most active forum on trapping in the world. 
Hmm. Like you can post into trapping. I mean, how how often do you see people really talking about that? I mean, trapping gets so much flack on Instagram. Oh, it, it's uh -huh. crazy, right? But on our platform, people are like, "Oh, what what size, whatever foothold?" Are you? I don't know anything about trapping. I'm, I should probably stop here before I get myself like sounding <laughs> like an idiot. Um, I've learned what I've learned about it has been through Go Wild, though. I've learned a um, you know, there's an awesome thread the other day about uh, trapping beavers and and tanning the hides and. Uh, you know, I've gotten to watch a lot of that and unfold, but like, where can you do that? Where else can you tap in? And on top of that, you can even go another layer deeper and hit the near me button. And now I can look at trapping with all these people in Kentucky or within a 120 mile radius, I think it is around me. So you're getting super relevant information, which goes back to my very first problem of not being able to get relevant information. So, um, yeah, the, the product itself just does a much better job than those forms of getting you accurate information. So I want to I want to bounce around here a little bit before we jump like deeper into the app, but I definitely sure. want to cover more about the app. I wanted to ask you what your favorite thing was to hunt because I know you said you grew up doing some small games, some deer and stuff, but have you ever traveled and done like elk or anything like that? You know, I haven't elk in Kentucky. I haven't done elk and um, you'll pretty much never get an elk tag in Kentucky. <laughs> yeah, um, they're very tough. Now, if you have land, you can get them, or if you know someone that has a landowner tag. Um, but, you know, we don't even have a lottery, uh, or it's a lottery. We don't have a point system. Um, I have not traveled out west to do elk. I've traveled um, with Go Wild. I've gotten to go up to Alaska. I did king salmon and halibut fishing, which was awesome. Got to go up and do that um, in, uh, about an hour north of Ketchikan. Um, awesome trip. I've done, I got to hunt whitetail in Texas. I uh, got the, t the Texas experience. It was like 15 miles from the, the Mexican border. Uh, hmm. That was pretty cool. Um, for the most part, though, I hunt in Kentucky. I'm hunting whitetail, turkey, a little bit of dove. Uh, I used to do a lot more dove. Um, I don't get to squirrel hunt as much as I used to, uh, mostly because my I don't like to go into my deer hunting property shooting squirrels and just you know doing that uh, right in the same season. Uh, but I do love squirrel hunting. It's It's really fun. Um, but you know, if it's, if it's deer season, that's my favorite here in about three months, it'll be Turkey. And I just kind of go back and forth. Are you uh are you just an early bow guy or are you running all the way through? You know, I don't, season? Kentucky opens up so early. Like we open up just after labor day on bow. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't usually get, it. it's just too freaking hot, man. Um, to get out there and sit in a tree. Um, I do have a property that I'm starting to, uh, that I started hanging cameras on this year that I think I'm going to get out. I've got like a, I've got a really, really nice buck on camera right now. Um, and he's going to, I imagine he's going to make it cause it's a pretty urban property. So I think I'm going to get out in September next year and maybe try to get a velvet. That'd be really cool to get this big guy on and velvet. Um, but no, man, I don't usually like to get out until like October. And then yeah. I usually try to get a dozen sits before modern gun opens up. Like at least that, because around where I hunt, um, you know, last year I heard 200 shots on opening day. I'm not exaggerating. I heard a hundred before 8 a.m. and then another hundred throughout the day. This wow. year, I, th I think I heard a hundred this year, which was a lot. The the previous record before was 43, I think, by 8 a.m., which is a lot for most people. Yeah. But I'm. This is a. This is one of those counties like. I'm pretty sure it's like everybody's kid and like everybody's coming out and just shooting anything that moves. Yeah. It's, it's zone one in Kentucky, which is the, um, the zone where literally you can shoot does until the end of season 
unlimited. Like it's just, there's so many does uh, or so many deer that they have, like they're really trying to thin them out. Cause it's a problem at that point in this, in the state. Um, but, but yeah, I, uh, I think I'm going to try to get out a little earlier than normal next season. This season I had a really funny experience where, uh, it's a long story of where I was, I, I put in like, I don't know, seven hunts, uh, five i got five sits before modern gun and i had like multiple times seen this big 10 point that i was kind of chasing and i had been passing on like this eight point i had seen him a bunch i'd passed on these little forkies and this one like really tiny deer like his his it was so small i thought he was a doe multiple times but he had these little bitty toothpick antlers um and then like opening day of gun I passed on the eight point again, blah, blah, blah. Oh, uh, second day of gun, I passed on the eight point and then he like raises up and I realized it's the big 10 point, but he had walked too far over. Uh-huh. And now if I had a pass through or if I missed it, the bullet would have gone into the neighbor's property. So I'm like looking at my target deer and I'm like, <laughs> Oh my God, I had 15 seconds. I could have shot that deer and now I'm watching him walk away. And I thought he got killed that day, but he he didn't. I he ended up getting killed about a week later. Mm. But I'm sitting there thinking he got shot because I heard a gunshot a few minutes later, and uh, I'm like grieving. And for four hours, I sit in like it's like the worst temperature because it's not cold enough to snow. It's just raining and windy. I sit there for four hours, beating myself up for letting this ten point walk, and uh, on accident, like I thought it was a different deer, and then. Um, I'm like, I got to get meat in the freezer. I'm shooting the first doe that pops out. So this doe pops up 110 yards. I'm, I'm, I'm checking. I'm looking through, looking through, looking through. I verified three times that there were no antlers. Uh, she was moving pretty fast, like coming out. Uh, not a trot, but like I kept bleeding. It was so windy. She couldn't hear me. And finally, I did just did like this loud man bleat, which was basically just shouting at her. And mm-hmm. she stopped. I shoot her. Long story short is it was the little bitty toothpick deer. Oh so gosh. I, so I accidentally tagged out in Kentucky. Um, I was so mad by the time I found this deer. Um, it ran pretty good ways. It was like 200 yards. I, because it was so small and I thought it was a doe, I tried to shoot a little further back to save my hmm. meat. So it ended up being a liver shot. This is like all time worst 48 hours of my hunting career uh so it's it, like i tracked it further i finally get up there and i'm like okay i found my doe and i get up there and roll the head up and it's these i mean they're so small dude but in kentucky in kentucky <laughs> is it, is it it's three it, inches it or less unless there's no, two though right not in it's kentucky not? man it's one inch or more oh is it yeah, yeah. dude. so i tagged out um because i went back and read through it i was like no way like uh, multiple people were said what you said they're like no dude it doesn't yeah. count i'm like i'm reading the book i mean it it looks like it counts as my buck tag. So, uh, I was bummed, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm like currently tagged out right now, but I've got all these big bucks coming in on this new property. I've been hanging cameras. So hopefully they make it. I'm, I'm just right across the river. Um, in Indiana, I'm in Evansville, but I, I hunt a little bit of Kentucky and I have been for about three years now, but I, I get out on opener and man, I have to say it's, it's scorching. I think it's like 90 degrees last year and the yeah. humidity is just ridiculous. Yeah. And two, if you get one, like you got to move yeah. fast. I mean, a lot of the places I hunt, I'm like, I'm trying to do the math of like the timing. And I'm like, I don't even know. You'd have to ice it before you, you'd have to cool it down before you hung it because I got to drive. 
mean, it'd be an hour after I shot after I found it before I could even get it to my house. Yeah, it's just a lot. I mean, it's a lot of it, the timing would be important. I've I've never shot one that early, but I I've hunted it plenty of times, and I've always wondered because sometimes I'm a mile and a half back, so I'm thinking yeah. I got to drag at this deer a mile and a half, and then I'm 45 minutes from the house. It's like I don't know. I, I don't know how guys do that. I walk a mile um, in, but I, I'm fortunate enough now. I hunt a farm, and it's 60 acres, so I can actually drive back to the spot mm. like this year i i walked out and got the car even though this thing was like less than 100 pounds i could have dragged it but i mean i was like i'm not dragging this thing a mile if i don't have to yeah so, you know walked 15 20 minutes to get the car and drove the suv back and threw it in so as far as like um for the rest of the season you're you're kind of tagged out so you're just waiting on uh waiting on turkey season then yeah well i'm actually gonna um <laughs> I accidentally tagged out on this buck that was, I don't know, sub a hundred pounds for sure. Uh, I thought it was a doe. So, um, I am actually, I'm going to try to get out and get one more doe. Cause I've, I mean, mm-hmm. I hunt, I hunt bow. Um, that was a gun that was gun. obviously 110 yards. It was gun. Um, so I'm going to try to get out and get another deer and I probably, I don't think I have room for a whole one in my freezer. Um, but I could give away some to the team. Uh, so that's, I'm, I'm still hoping to get out in January. Um, it'd be cool to get some snowy hunts. We don't get a lot of those around here. So I'm, I'm kind of like fingers crossed. I'll get a fun day to go out and do that. Um, the new property I'm hunting is 15 minutes from my house and it's, oh. and it's like a two tenths of a mile walk from the car. So it's super accessible. Um, so I might get out and do that, but then it's going to be Turkey because it, it trade show season hits soon. Yeah, I, you know, we got ATA, their shot show. We're going up to the Great American Outdoor Show. So that's like two weeks of February that I'll be gone. Um, so there's a lot coming up. I mean, I won't, even if I could do like some of the winter, I think squirrels, the only thing that's really open besides trapping. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be able to do any of that, anyways. So you mentioned your team real quick. So I'm going to ask you this Do you guys eat a lot of wild game? Yeah, man. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, it was funny because I smoked some backstrap and one of our new employees um was like oh why don't you bring it into the office <laughs> and i don't think dan thought i would and i'm like cool bringing it in and i made like this giant uh chartreuserie or whatever board um you know had all, all of it diced up with cheeses the whole deal with spicy honey and crackers and he's like oh my gosh i didn't think you'd really do this uh we've had beaver mountain goat moose elk um uh, God, dude, little javelina. I mean, we cook all kinds of weird stuff. Uh, people, stuff that other people would think is weird. Um, yeah. a lot of that, a lot of that's not even mine. It just kind of like go wild members bring stuff. Um, yeah. Mike, Mike Larson from Michigan has given me a ton of stuff. My friends, Lynn and Lacey from Alaska will sometimes, usually this time of year, they travel down and they'll end up dropping off like 30 pounds of meat. But, um, yeah, we cook a lot of wild game. There's, there's like probably something in here, you know, a couple times a month. Yeah, that, that's really cool. Um, can you talk a little bit about how Go Wild started? Like, actually, like the day that it popped in your head. Do you remember like that day? You're like, I'm doing this. Yeah, man, I remember exactly where I was in the field. Like, well, I remember the concept because I had uh, 2016. I I had been working really hard on this 30 acre property down in southeastern Kentucky. So it's Appalachian Mountains. Um, that's where I'm from. And I had, I had gotten access to my first private lot to hunt. So first, well, since I, I used to hunt, I had hunted with a guy before and I wasn't able to hunt with him anymore. So this was like my first time 
scouting, hanging cameras, doing the whole thing on this property by myself. Okay. And I remember walking through this field. It's August. It's super hot. I've been checking trail cameras because this was before cell cams. And it was before, um, like, I wouldn't have been able to run a cell camera here anyways because there's no cell phone uh, coverage. So uh, I'm walking through, and I had this thought of, um, you know, I, I had had a boss uh, of, of a, a company give me grief for posting a deer on Facebook. He's like, oh, do you feel like a man now? And I remember oh. thinking about that while I was walking through, and I was like, what a shame. that like, well, I remember thinking, like, will I post, if I get a deer, will I post it on Facebook? And I remember thinking, like, what a shame that you can't share something that you work so hard for and have people celebrate it with you. And that combined with everything I told you earlier that I had been struggling to learn, like the combination of that was like, oh, my God, there should be a place where you can go and do all this stuff. And so I was three hours from my house. I think my wife, my wife works night shift. And uh, I think me and my son had gone down to to see my parents and like spend a few days down there without her or something i don't really remember but like the whole time on the way back i'm kind of like brains cranking and i remember those first few nights back of sitting down and doing research because i had I, I came from advertising man i've like i've touched almost every industry you can think of in some type of advertising campaign or a website build or something but i had never thought of the hunting industry like the hunt to me now i think people do again because they see all these people on YouTube and they're all sponsored and it's like, it's, yeah. it's this thing. And, and before though, I just like, I'd never thought about being sponsored. You know, I never thought about who the, the, the brands and how much money there probably was in this industry. And that may sound like really gross to somebody, but the reason I'm thinking that is like, I'm thinking about building a business and if you're going to build a business, you got to make money. If you're going to make money, you got to have demand. And so I started doing research on it from that angle and I just remember being floored of the out, economic output of hunt fish, you know, hunting fish in 2016, when I found the stat was cranking out $156 billion of economic output every year. Hunting alone employs more people than Walmart. I mean, it's just like, you start to find this stuff and you're like, Oh my God, like I, it's there, you know? And then you start thinking like, why has nobody else really done this? And they have, um, it's not like there's not been competitors along the way. Uh, even when I started this, I wasn't the first to think of it. I found two or three companies that were doing it, or really it was like a guy. Um, but, you know, I just, at the time, I, I didn't think that the the web design was good enough or the app design or whatever. And I'm like, nobody's doing this at the level. I think I can do it. I think I can build a team who could build a quality enough app. Like it's going to be quality at the level you expect an app to be. You know, you I know you use LinkedIn. I think that's how we met. Um mm -hmm. The app's really good, right? If you have a LinkedIn app that's really good, you have your Chase Bank app, you have your Gmail app. These are world-class products. Nobody is going to suffer through your turd hunting app just because they really love hunting, right? Like, I don't care how much you love hunting. If the user experience sucks, people are going to bounce. So mm -hmm. um, it was really important to me to find like a really good team on the tech side to help build this. And and I did. I, we, we started this with four different guys me and three other guys in my basement with like pizza and beer, and my dog and $500. So, um, <laughs> but from there, you know, we, we, we took the time to, uh, after the research, uh, from August, I had my co-founders locked in by December. So it took me, you know, what is that? Four months to kind of pull it together and get, get a team rolling. And then we launched it the next September. 
It's pretty fast. It was fast. That's nine months. That's... It's like nine months on a side hustle with no money. <laughs> let me let me ask you this that old boss you feel like you give him the credit for kind of lighting that fire underneath you yeah or? i mean i've mentioned him several times um uh of just like i mean he and i don't speak but um it's it's i, I wouldn't like thank him or anything for yeah, it right like that initiated i mean there was definitely a thought process of um you know it shouldn't be this way and i dude i mean i've had plenty of other instances i mean it's kind of funny because we started the go wild instagram I'm like, how are we going to promote this? Obviously social media. And that's what I was good at too, was creating content. I'm a copywriter. I'm a photographer by, by background. And so that part came naturally to me and I started putting stuff out there. And I, I like that little measly comment from my old boss was nothing compared to what came when we started growing. We, we added like 10,000 followers in the first three months of being on Instagram. People were really excited about what we were trying to build. And then all of a sudden I started getting death threats and I'm like, whoa, this is next level. And then they started getting like super personal of people like threatening to shoot my child with a, a crossbow. And I'm like, okay, the, a lot of times they're anonymous Looney Tunes, right? Like you're like, this yeah. is crazy. Um, but some of them came in. I, I've turned over two people to the FBI because it was oh, shit. like, yeah, like it was that level of, um, uh, of, of serious. Uh, so like it kind of got real, real fast, even though like, we're just an Instagram page. We weren't even really yeah. a business at that point. <clears throat> But I watched how how much uh, stronger it can be. And at that time, I had never really seen anything at that level. Today, I'm like, I don't know. I get I get that crap all the time. Even on my LinkedIn page, I had some lady trolling me yesterday. It's like that that happens all the time now. But 2016, you know, it's like we thought we were on the forefront of people being nasty to each to each other. You know, if you can put your mindset back four years there, five years. Trump and Hillary election, which I'm like, oh my God, people have never treated each other worse. Little did we know what 2020 would do to us. Um, but like, it, it just seemed so crazy to me that people would go that far to an extreme. I mean, even I, again, I had spent like much of my career had been made on social media and creating content for it. And I'd never seen such hate and vitriol towards someone that you don't know as when I started posting about hunting content. Like it was crazy. When you start posting three times a day on Instagram about hunting content, you get some absolute nut jobs after you. Why do you why do you think censorship is like for hunting is such a big thing, like on all these other platforms? I mean, without being like real specific, there's probably a lot more ornery content posted on Instagram and everything than a dead deer. So I mean, where do you think that kind of comes from? Honestly, like part the the biggest bulk answer here is not necessarily one that uh the people who fight this stuff like you can even lump me in them with this like the sex the the non-sexy answer and the one that people doesn't really get people fired up is just the fact that look at everything else that facebook has to deal with we'll just stick to facebook for a second look okay. at everything else they have to to deal with they have beheadings they have terrorists they have drug cartels recruiting actively on their platform and it was so bad that but it uh that it got wall street journal coverage but they actually found out through the wall street journal that like among all the other shit that they deal with they were like yeah but we got all this other stuff going on they have public suicides they have public murders happening on facebook live they don't give a rip about hunting it's just like it's it's a nuisance and so they bucketed over here with all this other stuff that's in a minority and hunting mm. is in, in a very small minority. And they're like, 
yeah, this is legal. Some of this stuff's okay, but sorting through and pulling out everything that's okay away from the ones that are really gory or have a lot of whatever, we don't want to deal with that. We're not going to deal with that. That's the truth. Like that's I've talked to people that worked at Facebook. I've talked to people who wrote the the policies. Literally, some of the first twenty employees at Facebook, and this is what it is. It is it is literally like the volume. They Facebook gets two hundred thousand things wrong a day on their platform by their own data and in, in, in their own censorship. Jeez. Uh, so at the end of the day, like that's the bulk of it. Now there are instances where, and this, so, so like I'll, I'll say like, that's not necessarily what I'm fighting against. Here's the kind of stuff that like really gets me, grinds my gears over this. Um, the, there are instances where it's, it's like, okay, yeah, every now and then you're going to get censored because 25 vegans flagged your account and they have an automation set up to where that's why that little, like this is censor or sensitive content. That just means your account was reported X number of times and it, it was an automatic trigger, right? That kind of stuff, like I can look past. Things like when I'm advertising, which we don't do anymore on the platform because it's disgusting. But like when we were advertising on Facebook, I had multiple times where we were advertising a picture of someone holding binoculars, wearing camo, linking to a page just to buy binoculars. And it kept saying that we were selling weapons. Hmm. And, and we would appeal it. An employee at Facebook would say, I can see that you're not violating this, but it's not really my problem. And, you know, yeah, you're playing by the rules, but I'm not going to worry about you. And and they have all these, you know, we went back and forth for weeks and weeks and weeks. And it was constantly just like, yeah, but you guys like you aren't really worth it because like I don't really care about your kind of your kind of business was the answer. And we live in a world, man, where uh, up until and I don't know how much we want to nerd out on this stuff, but like from a marketing perspective, up until iOS 14, when mm -hmm. Apple made that big privacy shift, up until then, it was Facebook had a pretty good thing going on how easy it was to convert because they're so good at getting data that they probably shouldn't have, right? Like at the end of the day, they knew so much about you. It was really cheap to get people to do whatever you wanted to. You could go in, you spend a dollar, you get four back. I don't know about you. I'm very bad at math, but like, I like that. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but what happens is the, and again, this is where I really have a problem with it. They, they have a system that has basically become synonymous with communication. It's become synonymous with social and it's become synonymous with advertising. It's almost to the point to where it's a government utility, but you have this private business that says, well, but we don't really want to deal with you or we don't like what you're doing. So we're not going to help you out. Um, or the other thing that happens, and I don't have, there's no like Wall Street Journal article on this, but I've, I've figured this out through through playing the game. The other thing that happens is if, if you come in with a big enough check, you can stroke your way out of that problem. So mm. while Facebook's over here saying like last year in the pandemic, well, we're for small businesses, we help small businesses. It's not necessarily true because if you want to write a $300,000 check a month, which a lot of, it probably blows people's minds to think about spending that much. There's companies that do that all day long and much more. And what's interesting is um, they'll let them break the rules. We've talked to Facebook reps and said, hey, uh, that is definitely against your rules. And they get to do that. I'm over here with just a dude holding binoculars trying to sell some Vortex. And they're like, yeah, but you guys only give us X amount this month. Like, eh. like yeah, that's just kind of what it is. They'll tell you that. 
They'll tell you that. Their own people will acknowledge that. And that's, so, uh, that's not discrimination. I guess they're allowed to, to, to say who they want to do business I mean, with. Yeah, well, this is where everybody's like, well, and people will make that justification and say, well, they're private business. They can do what they want. And they'll say that about the content side, too. And, you know, hunters have said this until we're blue in the face and and we make excuses for Facebook. But again, coming back to the fact that and again, I, I'm going to sound like socialist and I'm not. Uh, <laughs> but but the coming back to like what at what point, how many billions of people have to be on a platform before it's a public utility? It's yeah. almost synonymous with the Internet at this point. So. Like the fact that you have something that's so wide, such a wide swath of how we communicate and, and you have this whole audience that you're blocking just because you don't like what they do and you don't want their business. You know, I mean, it's messed up, man. It all comes down to the dollar, doesn't it? <laughs> all, the almighty dollar does a lot with Facebook because their reps can choose who they want to work with. They don't have to help you. Per that's Facebook's wrong. rules. That's wrong. <laughs> that's where that's where like like i said that's what i sound like an old man but like that's what grinds my gears what do you what do you feel about like when they when they ban you like permanently for content like that like just an average guy like like me like i'm not doing a business or anything i'm just doing like a small podcast like what's a guy like me do just like fight it and get on another platform or what yeah, man. The um, so there's a couple things that happen. Like, let's walk through the levels of that because that's a that's a, really a wider question than just Facebook. So Facebook, typically, what's going to happen? Uh, you might get like with Instagram, you get the censor flag. I've been off Facebook so long that they didn't have Facebook jail when I was on there. But mm -hmm. my understanding now is like Facebook jail kind of incrementally goes up for repeat offenders. <laughs> like my buddy Blake, it's just like if he he tells someone something now he just automatically goes in for 30 days which i think is as long as you can go right oh my like gosh. i think yeah he's like constantly at a 30-day <laughs> facebook ban um but so so there's that twitter will give you they have a strike policy and you can kind of work your way up to being banned outright like a, an alex jones situation right um youtube the the big trigger they'll pull against you is to demonetize you mm -hmm. and which happened to seek one recently um, seek one i believe got it overturned um but you know for for them the rule that they broke was um showing how to process wild game you can post those videos now but you can't monetize them youtube can make money off them but you can't <laughs> stupid um so there's levels to this right so the um the question of like what should you do uh and i tell this to businesses too my my advice is not to get too many eggs into one basket. And um, as a marketer, you always want to own as much as you can your your own audience. And so the best thing you can do in anything as a podcaster or as a $5 million a month business is to own your own audience. You want to have an email list that's awesome. You want people checking your email content because, you know, that's, that's the one thing that's kind of hard to take away. Now, Google could probably do it because they own such a huge market share, right? They can yeah. eventually start filtering stuff. And I don't know, they, but it's possible, right? There's so much power there. But like for the most part, email is kind of the still the sacred cow if you have a really good list. Um, this is kind of beyond a podcast, but like text messaging, that is going to be the next big thing. Uh, it's already taking off on e-com. I imagine that's going to get eventually more friendly to like podcasters like you. 
Um, you know, if you have a good text list, super powerful because I don't know about you, but like I open 100% of my text messages. Yep. You, you just don't not open a text. Right. Um, so, so I think like trying to build up these, these alternative platforms, these, these places where you can own it better, um, is good. I, I say this, you don't want to have all your eggs in one basket, but you also like, if you're trying to promote your podcast, it doesn't make sense to be on TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Rumble, YouTube. Like how how far are you going to go, right? Like you yeah. kind of got to pick your battles. I know you're on LinkedIn. Like at what point does it not make sense anymore? Um, you, I think you have to pick like as much as you have capacity for to do well. So yeah. the um, I don't think it's as much of like how to get out of being banned. It's more you have to approach these platforms by the rules of which they've set in place. You know, we um, we are experimenting with a TikTok account right now. There is a go out account, but there's another account out there that I won't say is ours uh, yet. But we have a way that we've approached TikTok. We can't show guns. We can't talk about guns. You can't. I mean, it's just crazy, but like literally they, their artificial intelligence scans the photos or the videos. And I posted a picture of me from a bachelor party holding a shotgun. And, uh, I got the photo was taken down within two minutes. I don't even have followers. Like nobody yeah. would have even reported this and it was gone in two minutes, um, because they scan it. And when you think about like the power that a company has to have to scan that much content and like, you're talking about really controlling a narrative. You know, you, I mean, you really can. You, I mean, you think about how scary it is that Google's the largest search engine in the world. YouTube's the second. YouTube is actually bigger than all the other search engines combined. And it's owned by the biggest search engine. And huh. so, so think about the fact that YouTube transcribes all of everything. If you put this on YouTube right now, they know everything we're talking about. They know I'm smack talking YouTube, so you're not going to get any reach. Sorry. Um <laughs> But if I said like coronavirus or COVID, they scan that and now it gets throttled. And, and because now, because they have the, the transcription, they can run artificial intelligence through it to scan it and see what you're talking about. And I mean, we've seen this with that. We had to stop running my old show, Restless Native on YouTube, because it would get like 15 views versus our other videos that are getting thousands. And and so like, think about the power of, of uh, you know, what can be controlled in a message like you know, a few stroke of the keys. I'm not really exaggerating that much, but a few stroke of the keys. It's like, nah, hunting content, not going to get any reach anymore. Um, you know, it's like you can do this on either. You could do it Republican content or, or Democrat content. Um, it's kind of scary. You know, again, this goes back to what I was saying earlier is like public. It is a public utility at a certain point. And how much do we want to just say like, well, it's a private business. You know, YouTube yeah. is literally owning 93 percent of search. Or, or Google, they own 93% of search. You know, it's one company controlling the answers to 93% of what we want to know. Is it is it possible for, um, like, I don't really know, like, the, I don't really know how it all works, but is it possible for the government to control your app ever at all? Is it ever, like, possible for them to tell you what you can and can't have on your, on Go Wild? So, not, in a, it's a really good question. Um, I would say anything's possible. And and yeah. part of this is what Mark Zuckerberg has been advocating for, because I think in his mind, I'm, I'm, I shouldn't speak for him. I, I say a lot about him making fun of him. I won't speak for him, but I think the reason he wants the government to come up with policies to regulate, you know, he was on, uh, you know, 
through all of the the videos of him drinking water in his testimonies a lot of what he was saying is like you know it's hard for us to control the content you guys should really figure out a way to moderate this um i think in his mind the government's not going to do very it's like it's like you're shifting you're kind of passing the buck yeah and but they i don't worry as much about the government um you know with parlor and i i think our app is uh way more tasteful than parlor's content was um parlor was just completely unregulated and they got booted off amazon that's really the biggest risk you have with that said like amazon is not really in the content regulation game you have to be pretty extreme before amazon's going to boot you we're not really worried about it the one thing that could happen um more at risk than the government getting involved would be us getting kicked off of the app store. Mm. Um, that's probably the biggest risk for us is that yeah. Apple, Apple decides anything that has a certain percentage of firearms in its content, you know, we're going to kick you off. Um, with that said, I, I don't worry about that. I don't lose sleep over that. Um, it's just kind of one of those things. If it happens, it happens. And, um, it could be one of those things where if it happened to be like the best thing in the world for us, because now everybody's talking about like, Oh, go wild got kicked off the app store. Let's all circle around. Go wild. I don't know. I don't really yeah. care. I just, I, I don't <clears> stay <throat> up at night thinking about that stuff. Um, I, I, I will say like, I, I was kind of surprised at how fast Trump got like even platforms where he didn't break the rules people like kind of bandwagoned on to, to saying he did and dumping him. Uh, I think, that shows like yeah anything's possible you know pinterest yeah. i think pinterest came out and they're like yeah we're dumping trump and it's like people are like wait trump was on pinterest you know <laughs> uh, it's like it starts to get really like it became really obvious that people were just jumping on board because they didn't like trump personally um yeah. i think i think some of that stuff can happen man i mean it's like again going back to private businesses that's the biggest risk is that people just like morally we don't align with your content you're out of here so I, I want to, I'm going to bounce around here too. I really like the point system about posting and everything on the app. So I know we haven't really talked about that, but I, I want to touch on that too. If you, you could explain kind of how that works with posts and yeah. um, stuff like that. Yeah. So the one fun thing about the platform is you do get points for interactions within the app. We did this from the beginning. It's always been there. Uh, because it lets you see people who have more experience on the platform. So you can start to find people you can trust. You know, it's just like a Reddit karma score or Snapchat has their score. It's like you're finding people who, I mean, the spammers are always the ones that have no, no points on anything, right? They never have any followers. They never have any points on anything because they just showed up and, and they're just boom, 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 messaging everybody. Likewise, if someone's on Go Wild, they've never logged a deer. They've never posted never done anything they have zero points and and you ask like hey what's a good rifle cartridge for whitetail hunting and they come in and they're like boom it's this and you're like ah i don't know this guy from anybody i can't tell anything about him he doesn't have a score it's kind of like a quick rate way to write somebody off or if lynn hoffman comes in and he tells you like oh you definitely want to use a 270 because of blah 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 uh which i don't know that that's what lynn, lynn's a real person uh, he's a friend of mine. He's a, a guide in Alaska. I think he has the most points in Go Wild, period. Um, <laughs> I can't remember what he has. but um, Sounds like know, a challenge. Yeah. It, I think he's got like 60 or 70,000 points in Go Wild. He guides, and we let gu guides are allowed to upload oh. other people's trophies. 
Um, it's the only situation we allow other people's trophies to be uploaded as your own because you're getting that person, that animal. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, uh, <laughs> uh, Lynn, if Lynn tells you though, and you look at his profile, you're like, oh yeah, this guy knows what he's talking about. Right. So the points were there to help validate. And over time, what we saw was, uh, you know, there were other activities. It's like, man, you should really get some credit for that. Like if you, if you leave a gear review, you're helping other people by sharing gear that either sucks or, or, or was good, right? You're, you're giving your expertise. And so there's all these different ways you can get points within the platform. And the point system was always there. It was great. It was fun. But we um, just recently in September, we added in a way that you can now take your points and you get rewards for them. So this is not like airline miles. You don't cash them in. You're, you're kind of leveling up. And so you start out with zero points and really quickly you can get to a thousand points or so and you're going to get like two or three rewards pretty quickly out of the gate just to kind of show people how it works and so you know you get like a a t-shirt i mean dude right now i think if you just create your account and put your first and last name in you unlock ten dollars like literally ten dollars to go spend right um there's there's five five dollar gift cards there's free go wild t-shirts free stickers uh we have one live right now that's a 25 percent off vortex which like depending on what you're buying that can be hundreds of dollars right yeah Um, uh so like the rewards are really freaking sweet and so the point system it it ties into your trophy and so if you upload a whitetail uh it looks at like if i use a rifle and use a compound it knows the compound's a harder weapon to master and so you get more points it would also know that uh if you did 40 yards with a bow and I did 40 yards with a rifle, yours was a harder shot because 40 yards are not created equally in this scenario. And so it looks at all that data and gives you like, that's why the points vary on trophies. It's looking at literally everything you enter. Um, so, uh, and, and, it, and even that varies per species. You know, we have 250 species or something. They've all been individually entered into our system and they all have unique scoring systems. So, all that kind of leads into your rewards too. So, but man, I mean, the rewards are fun. I um, I am actually unfortunately one of our best customers, like because I, I I get them and I'm like, sweet, I like I just had a twenty five dollar gift card that I unlocked. Uh, I I've got a pretty good amount of points. Obviously, I've got twenty five thousand, um, and I just recently unlocked a twenty five dollar gift card, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna go buy this hybrid light that I've been wanting. You know, it's now fifty percent off basically because I got twenty five dollars off of it. So uh they are super fun uh it's just something different man it's just something that makes us special you can't get that anywhere else do do the points top out ever no keep going um even the rewards the rewards are set in perpetuity they just keep at the end of if you like if you get to like the hundred thousand points it's like every at least every five thousand you're gonna get either a really good gift card or a really steep discount but what's interesting is like that's at least we introduce new rewards all the time yeah, um, and, and they vary. So sometimes it might be an introduction, like anybody with 6,000 points or more going to get this one. Or uh, I think the last one we introduced was like 800 points or more. I think it was a $5 gift card. Anybody, I, th- I can't remember what, what exactly, but so like, you know, the, the, it's an evolving living thing. It just, you know, uh, when the, the plan is as we start getting new products into is kind of to introduce a product like, like uh, we just started working with this cool. Oh, we've been working with this cool sock company, Lasso Socks. They're they're made to increase circulation. They keep your feet warmer. They're made for athletes, and we we found them. We're like, 
dude, these are awesome for hunting. And they're like, let's do it. So we brought them into the space. And if we wanted to introduce people to that, we might offer like five bucks off lasso or something like that. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, something else I like is I can get a hold of you or um, any of your team members on the app. Talk a little bit about that and like why you guys allow that. That's an interesting way you worded that because um, usually people are like, yeah, it's cool. You actually respond. But as you said, like actually allow it. Like we actually don't even just allow it. We encourage it because when you join, you're going to get the message you get automated. And I tell mm. I don't try to hide this. I mean, um, but I, well, I always tell people like on a podcast, somebody asked me about it. Like the first one you get from me is automated because I can't sit around all day and send like thousands <laughs> of people a right. DM. But when, when, when you sent me the link tonight, you know what I was doing? I was sitting here looking through my, uh, my DMs. Right now, I have 58 unread notifications on my GoWild account. I'm going through and I'm answering like all of people's hellos and, and this is awesome. Or, hey, dude, I have a question. That's me interacting with that. We decided to do that because we, when we founded this in my basement in 2016, um, felt a big problem with, with social media uh, that existed was things were very clinical. We've lost the human element of communication with social media as it stands on other platforms. And, you know, um, I've seen a lot of people say stuff like, well, back in my day, if you wanted to say something, you had to say it to my face and you would get punched. That's actually very true. Like psych psychologically studies have proven that our, our children are not learning good social cues because they will say things and they don't see the other person's face that it makes them sad or that it made them laugh. And, um, you know, we feel like, like we don't want to be just another social media apps that the app that contributes to all these downfalls <laughs> of humanity. Mm -hmm. Like there's so many things that are wrong with Instagram. I mean, I, I hate that platform because of what it's doing to our girls. And, um, you know, I mean, 32% of teen girls have body image issues because of Instagram. 6% hmm. of suicide teens attribute it to Instagram because of something that happened on Instagram. I want nothing to do with that. And so we have tried to build a platform that is more friendly. It's more uh, personal. And part of building a personal brand is owning the fact that we are a part of the brand. You know, if something is wrong with Go Wild, I want people to be able to tell me. And um, I feel like if I put my heart and soul into making this place better and, and trying to help, you know, that that reciprocates and people pick up on that out of the gate. And it, you know, if anything that we've done to inspire the community to be nice to each other, it is out of the gate. We we are welcoming to you. And so maybe that rolls it forward. You know, I, I, people ask me all the time, how did you make such a nice community? And my answer is like, I don't really know. And I really don't. I don't know why it's so nice. Um, I, I can't tell people not to be dicks. You know, I really yeah. can't. Like, what can I do? Now, we've deleted people for it. Um, it's not often. But when we, if you, I don't have to keep you and go wild. If you're a turd, I can flush it, right? Like, that. we, can, we don't have to put up with that. Um, so, in some ways, it's kind of funny because people, people are like, this is a great 2A platform or a, a First Amendment platform. And it is until you start you know harassing somebody for shooting a spike that's something that's against our policy you can't do that um you know if you start talking about poaching if you're poaching you're out you know there's certain things that you're just not going to bring to our platform 
And so we put our face on it because we felt like if, if we were out there and we're being honest and held accountable, that other people might be the same. So I, it kind of brings me to two questions here. Um, one, it's pretty inevitable that you're going to get bigger, right? So do you ever think it's going to get to a capacity that you're not going to be able to like keep up with all those notifications? hundred percent. I hope it does. Um, yeah. You know, it, it, um, there's times, man, I've sat down many nights and answered 150 DMS in a day, like at night or more, more than that in a day. But like <laughs> I've sat down at like 10 o'clock and just answered DMS for two hours. Um, I'm really dedicated to it. Uh, I do anticipate that eventually we won't be able to do it anymore. Uh, you know, when I first started go wild, I bought some stickers again, you know, started this with my own money. We've, we've since raised money, which anybody with the Google can figure that out. Um, but, but first it was like me buying stickers to send to people out of my pocket and I would write them a full letter. I would write them like, I'm talking like a giant postcard. Um, and I would write them about all the things we wanted to do at the platform. And thank you so much for being involved. And as we got uh, a little bit bigger with an Instagram account still before we even had an app, uh, we were selling shirts on a Shopify and, um, I would write like a paragraph still. And, and today, if you get something bought from our warehouse, it's kind of gotten down to like, sometimes you'll get a full handwritten note on like a post-it size card that says like, thanks for being a part of the community, Dan or whoever is, is helping that day. Um, I think there's sometimes now that they send a, like it's like a printed card, but Dan's still writing his name. <laughs> it's like w with the thousands of orders Dan's doing, Dan can't slow down and write everybody. Like yeah. it's just not possible. Right. So like, I'm kind of seeing some of that stuff slip now. Um, but we still like go so above and beyond. I mean, people it's, it's amazing still. Um, and you've seen this, if you've been on the app, I think you've been on the app long enough, probably see some of these posts. People still take pictures of the little cards, even though they're printed yeah. out. It's obvious Dan didn't write that. It was printed on a little piece of craft paper, but he signed his name. And people find that to be really cool. So as long as we can keep finding ways to delight people, I think the delights uh, will will scale because we'll find some. And we still throw free stickers in with almost, almost every order that comes out of our warehouse. Now, I'll explain that... Um, we work with like 35 different brands at this point stuff ships from all over the country. Cause some of that stuff, like if you buy from vortex from us, it ships from Wisconsin or well, I, I think they're out of Wisconsin. I think their warehouses in Wisconsin where they are. Um, it ships from wherever they are, but it, like our shirts, if you buy our ditch pickle bass bundles, uh, there's some badlands bags. Like it kind of just depends, but if we ship it here, it comes with a free sticker. Like we, we like those are ways we can surprise people. Um, and so I may not be able to do the DMs for forever. I hope to be able to do them for like at least another year. Uh, but but yeah, everything you know. One of the one of my favorite um, sayings about or like uh, favorite rules about entrepreneurship, rather or guidances, is just to do things that don't scale, like surprise people in ways they're not used to. So we're still we're still living by that and still trying to do that. People love free stickers. I know I do. <laughs> Dude, yeah. And we have literally some of the coolest stickers. Um, and I know I'm I'm biased, but my, my co-founder, Donovan, is the best designer I know. And he still hand designs all of... Like, we, we have this... Um, if you buy any Hayes call from us right now, like a duck call or a goose call, they come with this bill collector sticker that he designed. 
and it's this awesome badass hand-drawn sticker that he drew and like digitized and uh, there's some amazing stuff that we have for sale and as bonus stickers do you guys usually throw out uh, new stickers like once a month or is that like a there's no frequency thing? no just it's, it's just it depends like uh the ditch pickle bundle um which is the bass bundle i was talking about the ditch pickle bundle has its own custom sticker in it and that's one that we designed just for that we we have we do have um we have all these awesome thunder chicken stickers that we've designed over the last four years uh we've, we've had shirts hats and all this stuff we're releasing a sticker sheet coming up uh that's that's new i haven't told anybody that we have a sticker sheet that has every thunder Ch chicken uh, logo that we've done coming out uh the the bill collector one was fun we just i don't know we we kind of addicted to stickers if you could see the other side of my computer it's ridiculous right now <laughs> i i so I, I told you I had two questions. I wanted to ask you the other one about how do you guys moderate? Is that something you can talk about? Is it something that is there like do you guys have moderators that get on there and read content? Or are you waiting for people to like kind of tell you, hey, this guy's a douche, like you gotta get yeah. him out of here? So we've actually got thousands of moderators because the community moderates. So um it if somebody poaches something that it, or here's a, here's a good example if if it's usually a kid if a kid comes in and they're just posting like fake trophies oh. they probably make it about an hour before before we know oh shit yeah, yeah because because the community reports it you can go to a post and hit report and you can explain why why um we introduced that for like inappropriate content like porn or something um which has happened infrequently but i mean every now and then you get some idiot that does it uh but but what happened was people are like hey they're they're cheating and hacking the reward system like our members understand that we have to pay for these t-shirts that go out so they'll mm -hmm. they'll report it or um if people see somebody poaching they'll report it and all that stuff gets human reviewed i mean we we have it's a much more complicated system that like there's a lot of technology behind it um there, there's certain things we look out for from a malicious standpoint, but for the most part, the, the community does the regulating, man. I mean, it's, it's just like very, we have so many people that see stuff before we do and they'll report it and it gets reviewed. And, you know, a lot of it stays. Sometimes people don't like stuff, but it's legal. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you may not like that somebody speared something, but it's legal and you know, that's hunting. So I never thought about somebody posting fake stuff to get the points. So yeah, I guess that's yeah. Don't that... do it. We'll delete your ass. So <laughs> for anybody listening and thinking that's a good idea, and, there's and your once, warning. And once you get once I once we flag you, we we do, are not kind to coming back either. That is one thing. Like, um, it's fraudulent behavior. It's theft. Um, we take it very seriously. So uh, it's not like a little ha ha thing because you can get free stuff. This is gift cards. Just th these are. Uh, we just did away. We had a bag of coffee that was actually for the, we decided up front when we rolled it out for the first 90 days, we we're going to give away bags of coffee. We have given away hundreds of bags of coffee, but it was really easy to get. And people were faking their way to it and claiming coffee. And then they would try to come back in and do it again. And like those people were deleted for life. <laughs> it's like, we yeah. were like, Nope. Same address. advantage. Yeah, yeah. So, so we don't take kind to, um, stealing money from us. Don't do it. Or, uh, I'll come find you. Can you, uh, is there, is there one thing that sticks out in your mind about the worst person that you've had on your app or can you not say it? Um, yeah, yeah, dude, we, we, uh, <laughs> oh God, I shouldn't tell the story. 
I bet it's uh, funny. I'd love to hear it. <laughs> we had this this one lady who got on, and um, I she was a little kooky, uh, like very kooky. And one day, like she she was posting stuff about gardening, and she seemed super in tune with nature. And I was kind of like, okay, she's cool. Like I also I'm also a little hippie sometimes. Like I do my own composting. Um, yeah. my, my friends make fun of me because they're like, you should be really redneck, and you kind of are because you have a lot of guns and you kill stuff but you also like compost and recycle. And I'm like, yeah, cause that's the good for the environment. You know, uh, and they don't understand that hunters are usually like super green. This lady was kind of in line with that, but, but in a in, like really quirky way. And so I don't know, I'm seeing a ton of content about super organic composting. And at first our members know that, you know, I'm a gardener and they, they're tagging me in her content. And so I'm like, okay, I, I'm always nice to people. And, um, I, I was I was kind of not giving her super long responses because she just kept tagging me and tagging me and tagging me and, and and going back and forth. And finally, I just stopped. I'm like, I can't keep going back and forth with this lady. Yeah. Then she she starts messaging me directly. It's off the thread, and she's DMing me, and uh, I'm like, okay. She sends me this big long thing about um your di- what you're eating and how your how it gets digested. And then she asked me how my farts smell and how that would impact uh, the deer. And I'm like, woo, next level. Like, weird. Like, I've never had a woman yeah. ask that, right? Like, that was weird, <laughs> especially a stranger who's probably 30 years older than me. And you thought she was being dead serious, right? It wasn't she like was. a joke. No, 100, yeah. no, it wasn't a joke. This was 100% serious. And then uh, she just kept getting kookier and kookier. And she kept towing the line of, of the, the w- w- stuff gets reported. And sometimes, we don't like it, but it's not against the terms. Like there's times when I'm like, that's not in good taste, but I can't do anything about it. Cause you know, we do pride ourselves on letting the community have conversations. So I don't even remember what she was posting, but there were multiple times the team was like, I don't want to say her name. Cause I, yeah. I feel bad even telling the story, but uh, I'm, I'm going to tell it. Uh, she, well, let's call her, um, Let's call her. We'll call her uh, 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 Juanita. I'm just going to call her Juanita. It's a made up name. Okay. Uh, so, so Juanita is is you know keeps coming back around, keeps coming back around, and people that I have been on Go Wild uh, that I've met and becomes friends with that are members, they're texting me and be like, "Dude, this lady's off her rocker with her content that she's posting. She's getting further and further out there. She is a space cadet." Okay, one day she she starts posting these pictures and they're like fairly revealing in a and this is not she's like a 60-year-old woman and she's starting <laughs> to get down to like not lingerie but like it's a little revealing of her like doing her gardening and I'm like all right, I don't know, she's gardening, it's at home, she's pretty remote so she probably just like walked out and started doing it and didn't think about it. And then I can't believe I'm telling this story. Uh, th- so then it's like it keeps going and there's a couple more posts like that. And then finally, she posted a picture of herself with this wig on or something going on. I don't know what the hell it was. Um, and her nipple was hanging out. <laughs> oh, I can't, like It was a selfie and like it was from this low angle. And I had to look at it for a little bit. And I'm like, yep, yep. Yep, that's a nipple. And like <laughs> it got reported by a member and um and it, it got reported and reported and it's like all it's hitting my team Slack uh, we have a, a Slack channel uh, for anybody that doesn't know what that is it's like a team internal chat and everybody's like 
oh my god what is Juanita doing and, and I'm like okay she's gone so I'm like trying to delete her as quickly as possible because she's posting freaking nipples on go wild uh which isn't even the first nipple again we've had people just like randomly post porn but this was this lady's own nipple that she posted like it was so weird and she even called out she like acted like it was a selfie and and she's like some people might find this distasteful but it's just me and and, and like I'm like, yeah, but it, it wasn't like you knew it was there because you, you called it yeah. out when you posted it. Like you knew you were posting your nipple on this platform. Totally weird like that. I can't even remember. I think I've blocked out. I wish I could remember all the other things that happened. But that think, one today. Think, go ahead. I'm sorry. Do you think she was trying to like test the waters to see how far she could go? I don't know. She didn't come back. She never did come back. Uh, I thought for sure she was kooky enough where she'd come back. Sometimes people will come back long enough just to yell at you for deleting them. Yeah. Um, Cause we can't, we can't delete you. Nothing stops you from coming back. Right. Like it's, we, we don't have like some device. I, I mean, we can block an IP address, I guess, but like you can go m make a new account all day long with new emails. Um, yeah. So, so she didn't come back, but I, I, I don't know. It's so weird. So it's literally one of the weird. I mean, she asked me how my farts smell, dude. Yeah, that's pretty weird. Yeah, pretty random. You didn't think how, that was going to be the answer, did you? <laughs> I definitely didn't. How how long was she on the app for? You remember? Couple months. Months. Or? months. Yeah. I mean, she was posting a ton, too. She had yeah. been on there for years. I, I think because we, we launched uh, just for context, we launched in beta on iOS in 2017. We launched our Android app in 2018. We launched, um, uh, we launched our web last year. I don't know. Um, so, so like we've been around for a few years, building up some steam. And uh, she had been on there since like 2020, hmm. but I guess this year was the year she decided to really get after it. <laughs> so I've That's never told that story. That's the first time I've ever mentioned this in public uh, about Juanita uh posting her nipple so juanita the one that got away the one the one one that was forced away <laughs> <laughs> kindly leave <laughs> yeah it's definitely not 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 the uh answer i thought i was gonna get so do no. you guys have you guys have big plans for 2022 you guys anything anything special coming out or so uh the the big this is not the answer that most people would expect either the big thing that our tech app uh tech company is doing in 2022 is a trade show or a convention uh we we've been to a ton we've hosted events at them but we have never had our own booth and i am very excited about this because it's also the resurgence of our rendezvous back in the day when we were like really scrappy and just trying to get things going we would host rendezvous which are basically just like go wild meetups we haven't done them in a long time so we're going to be at the great american outdoor show in harrisburg we'll be there the entire time we are in booth uh 412 i think we're right up right up front when you come in by colt um we're in the firearm section and we we have a pretty good sized booth we're going to be hosting meetups at our uh our booth on friday saturday sun well it opens on the first saturday sunday and then the last friday saturday sunday we'll have meetups each of those days we're going to be hosting um various people i think uh, right now i have confirmed that bill thompson who's the founder of the Spartan Forge app. It's a really cool mapping app that's coming out. He's going to come by and have a meet and greet. I think Bo Martonic from East Meets West podcast is going to be in there. Uh, we'll have others coming along. I, I haven't quite got our guest list lined up, but we're going to be selling stuff. 
Uh, if you show up uh, wearing your Go Wild reward shirt, you get a gift, I think. Um, there's going to be all kinds of fun stuff. We're going to have Sasquatch on site for a lot of the... I, I don't know how much Sasquatch will be there, um, uh, but his presence has been requested. So, um, <laughs> And we have this really cool interactive booth thing that we've set up. So that is new for us. Um, I know a lot of people are like, oh, cool, you're going to a, con or a convention, but we haven't done this. And so... Uh, we're building our own booth because we're a poor startup and super scrappy. Uh, so we'll be showing up. We just bought a trailer to haul it up there with. Like, I mean, we're going all in on this thing. I'm super pumped about that. Um, as we get deeper into this year, we're we're looking at some fun. Uh, I'm always hesitant to say what we're working on because I've, I've announced stuff in the past that we ended up not doing. Um, we're trying to find ways to put our spin on on things that exist that we don't do currently like like we don't do hashtags at the moment hashtags are a great way to turn your platform into spam like instagram like everybody posts like the max of hashtags you can do on on instagram right because you're trying to get more reach that is indicative of the fact that like it's not a good plot it's like you have to do that to get reach we don't have that problem you can get reach without hashtags so we've we we've been debating on like how do you what what value do they add? Uh, I think we've got it figured out, and I think we'll be introducing this this year soon. Uh, so that's exciting. Uh, we we will be adding uh, gear functionality. I can't really divulge too much into that. Um, uh, but like making the one complaint we get a lot like we have more than half a million pieces of gear you can tag and interact with on the platform, but it's still not enough. I mean, we have more just to tell you how much that is. That is more than Bass Pro, Cabela's, Amazon's outdoor section, backcountry.com and Shields combined. Combined. And it's still not enough for people. So, we're trying to figure out a better way to to allow you to interact with gear. I think we've got that figured out. Um it's it's a big task but we're working on that. And then you know, video improvements. This is the year, like normally we have like these grand things we're working on. We really feel like we've gotten to a point where like the platform overall is good. There's, there's areas for improvement. Like the Android app needs, needs improvement. Uh, we can always be faster. Uh, but the marketing too, uh, I think you'll be, um, you know, if I were to really speak to some, like a big thing for us this year is you're going to be, we're going to be everywhere. We're signing contracts right now with a lot of shows, um, you know, working with a lot of big names. Parker McDonald's going to be creating content with us. Uh, he's he's the host of Southern Ground, working with Bo Martonic and uh, the Hunting Public and a lot of these guys to be a part of their content and to really work with them. And uh, so that's that's something we're also really excited about because prior to um, 2022, we just haven't really had the budget to be able to do this kind of stuff. So. Um, I know you follow me on, or we're connected on LinkedIn now. So you probably saw we, we raised some money. So mm -hmm. typically people that listen to this probably don't understand necessarily how that works, but like you're raising money in the hopes that, you know, you're bringing on investors who want the business to grow so that everybody can reap the rewards of building a good business. And so part of that is, you know, having a good budget to get the word out. That's our biggest challenge is that, you know, we, we have, um, I haven't had millions and millions and millions of dollars to advertise like some other companies have, you know, uh, there's a lot of big name companies in the outdoors, like all trails is a hiking app. I mean, these guys, I'm, and I know the CEO, Ron, um, they, they have raised like 
I think more than a hundred million dollars at this point. You know, Onyx took on eighteen million dollars in twenty eighteen. That's how. That's why they're a household name right now. Is because mm-hmm. they raised a lot of money. And so we're uh, we haven't raised that much money, but we've got a good start this year to to really kicking this off and making a dent. You know, and really trying to get the word out. I'll get the word out for you on this on this show, hopefully a little. Yeah, bit man. Now. I mean, dude, there's a reason I show up at nine o'clock at night to uh, do these <laughs> things because I find that um, I don't want to say I don't want to call you small, so don't take this wrong. I find that smaller podcasts like the and when I when I say that I mean like not the Stephen Ronellas, right? I'm um, small. Well, I, I don't no care though, <laughs> but I don't care like anything from. Um, I mean, unless somebody has like five downloads a show. I don't mm-hmm. care. Like I, I, I like the guys that have a couple hundred downloads a show because my thing is if somebody shows up, if you got 200 people that show up every week to listen to your show, they probably really care about you and they probably are going to listen to the whole show. It's quality, right? So, um, you know, there aren't too many other hours of my day where I can talk and get 200 people to listen or, I, and I don't know what you're, you don't have to say, obviously, but I'm not, I'm not saying, uh, Adam has 200 downloads. I'm using that as an example. <laughs> uh, but like, I don't really care about, volume when i do interviews per se um for me it's just finding people that i feel like um are going to be quality hosts and have you know been up and running for a little bit so after after you and i kind of chatted a little bit i could tell you you seem like you had a good thing going so cool i uh i'm glad you touched on the hashtags thing because i actually you know because i've been on instagram as long as anybody else and i got on there and i was like did I put hashtags on here? And I actually like tried it because yeah, you know, sometimes it'll don't like, work. highlight it or whatever. It'll pop up. And I was like, I don't think they do that here. So I guess no, we didn't. We, we decided not to do it. On, I mean, it's intentional because it turns platforms into spam. And yeah. um, and it's just, it's like, I, I, I'm not really big on jumping into things just because they've been done before. However, my co-founder Donovan is very big on like, let's not disrupt for the sake of disrupting. And it, it, and right now it kind of seems like we're just not doing it for the sake of not doing it, which is not where we want to be. So we're trying to find a nice blend that makes sense for us. You uh you talked about adding kind of like some more gear or whatever. I I like to film a little bit and stuff. Take a camera with me to the woods, and I I did tag some of that stuff. But I I was I noticed that I was only able to tag like a camera body, but I couldn't tag like every lens that I had with me. So it's interesting to hear that you touched on that too, because there was some stuff on there that I wanted to put that I wasn't able to put. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, and it's it's tough because like again, this is a hunting show, so I I I don't want to nerd out, but like data feeds just aren't what people think. People are like, you don't have my Sika coat. You don't have my first light. Like that's where we get in trouble on trying to find data is with these smaller brands that have like half a percent of market share and are only sold through exclusive retailers mm-hmm. who don't even sell online. Like not that everybody's like that, but like there's some products that people are like, oh, you need to carry this thing. And it's like you can't even find a place that has that data. And even if you find a store that sells it, it doesn't mean we have a right to just scrape it. Right. So it's tougher than it sounds. Um, uh, we're, we're trying to figure that out. I think we've got some solutions at play that should help close the gap, but it's not going to be, it's probably going to be like summer by the time we figure that out. Yeah. It's definitely kick ass. I mean, I'm not, I don't want to down talk it at all. There's, there's no, a I mean, shit ton of things on there that you guys can tag, but I just, I wanted to put a I know few exactly like strange items on there and I, yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. I mean, I have, um, I have a lot of first light gear and we don't have all of it. And so, yeah, I don't even even on all the stuff that's on my profile manually uploaded, but sometimes I'll um 
like I have my sanctuary bib, bibs on there, but I don't have my, and I, I can't even remember what they're called. Um, but there's, I have a pair of pants that aren't on there. And so I just don't even tag them. So it's I, probably uh, the, the obsidian ones, the new ones, maybe. No, they're not new. I got, I got these, um, which they had those when I bought these, uh, they're like, they're, I think they're waterproof or at least highly water resistant. Um, but they are a lighter weight, really heavy duty pants with, uh, with, with suspenders. And, um, I really like them and I wear them pretty much until it gets into the thirties. Uh, so I, but I just, I don't have, I haven't uploaded them because you can do custom uploads for anybody listening. Like you can custom upload your gear and I've done a bunch of that, but it is a little cumbersome. So yeah, at least you have the option though. You can. Yeah. If you want to. Um, I'm going to ask you this too, and, and you can decline to maybe answer, but um, what would be some advice for somebody trying to get into the outdoor industry? I know that's kind of a broad uh, question because you could be wanting to be a podcaster or professional hunter, have an app or something, but would you have like one sole piece of advice? Yeah. The, the um, I think that comes in two waves. So the the first is to um, not be deterred by the fact that you aren't in the industry yet. I started Go Wild and well, I I, I went I was doing a podcast interview one time and somebody said it must have been easy to start this company with all your contacts you have in the outdoor industry. Oh. And I was like, well, actually, I knew no one. I had never even thought about it as an industry. And if you flash back to August of 2016, my contacts were zero. Like I've worked and earned everything I have in this industry. Um, I've, I mean, our relationship with Garmin comes from a cold email. You know, it's like all, all of this stuff is just hard grinding, um, a lot of hours. Uh, when it was when it was a side hustle, it was you know put my son to sleep when my wife would work night shift put him to bed at eight, work until 1am, get up at 5am and work until I had to leave for work at 8am, taking my lunch breaks, doing this, and then coming back home and doing it all over again. Um, so like, I think people get really freaked out by like not knowing people in the industry. Um, it is not the easiest of industries to break into. It is, it is a good old boy club. And I, I, I don't say that to, to deter people there are people who aren't like that but there's it's probably like 30 to 40 percent of people kind of have their click and um that skews more on the firearms and archery side it's less so on maybe some of the tech companies that are coming out there's some more innovative companies that are um a little bit younger brands that aren't as established and, and you'll find some people that are super welcoming. So don't take that to mean it's always going to be that way. But I tell people this because I think you should know before you start cold calling people, like some people aren't going to have anything to do with you um, until you've been around. And, you know, it's the third shot show in a row you've been asking about working together. And, okay, well, this guy's obviously not going away. That was something somebody told me in 2017. He said, you're not going to be credible as a brand until you've been around for three to five years. And that was true to a lot of people. So, um, just know the, you don't need a network to get into it. You can work your way in. 
but it is going to be hard. And there's going to be at least 30 to 40% of people who want you to go away <laughs> and leave them alone. <laughs> so you need to find uh, where you can get traction, find people who believe in you. And, um, you know, the, the industry's shifting, the tides are changing. Um, there's definitely a lot of young blood who is excited to work with other people who are coming in. The, um, the, the other thing I was going to say is to look at what is out there. And if you are starting a podcast or if you're starting whatever, how are you going to differentiate? Does the world need another broadhead company? I don't know, but that is a noisy space. If that's your thing and your passion, um, I do wish you luck, but it's going to be a tough road. Um, it doesn't mean you can't succeed, but like you got to think through what you're doing and what's the competition around that and how much can you scale? Um, the, the other thing I always try to explain to people, um, is just because you are super passionate about this one thing does not mean that there is a huge market. If you are hyper, hyper into, you know, building the best sheep hunting bags in the world i hate to tell you but like you're not gonna build a big business because sheep hunting is the it's the most limited like exclusive club in the world you mm -hmm. know so and, and i talked to a lot of people who you know, elk hunting is another one that people are super into and you can build good businesses out of it but it, there's a cap there's a hard cap on how big an elk hunting brand can get because it's just not a huge percentage of hunters. If you want to go big into hunting, even if you aren't super into it, you better figure out whitetail. Like whitetail is king. It is 80 to 90% of hunters. It is the biggest spenders. It, I mean, I know sheep like probably, uh, you know, per capita spend more. Yeah. But you have to look at the overall volume. People are traveling for whitetail. They're buying multiple tags for whitetail. They're buying these ridiculous feeders. They have side-by-sides. That is the industry. If you want to look beyond that, it's waterfowl. It's turkey. Uh, you start getting into predator. Um, it, it's just... It, we, we've gotten so like jacked up because of Instagram. Everybody likes, you know, oh, Cam Haynes, he can hike 20 miles and kill something 80 yards away. Uh, yeah, it's cool content, but like when you're building a brand, um, you're going to have to find a market. And while, while there's a lot of demand for that content out there, it's aspirational. A lot of that content has been consumed by whitetail hunters who would one day like to do that. And there's a reason out West, you know, their fastest growing tag is non-residential because people are traveling. It, it is the hunt on a pedestal. However, mm -hmm. it is just not it's not the smartest business path to go down. So uh, that's my advice is, is focus on where there's, there's the most market share. If you're going to get into something, uh, if you know, if you get the more, the more there's uh, my buddy, uh, Joe, who's got like this saltwater empire. He's, he always says there's riches in niches and he's not wrong. He's built an incredible business on like just a subset of saltwater fishing but I, I just always try to remind people, I'm like, just go look up the hunter numbers. And when you start looking at some of these subsets of like how few people do some of this stuff, you're going to see real fast of like, 
you're not going to build this giant business on bear hunting alone. Right. Like, or, or, uh, you know, you just kind of got to think through like, what are these products I can offer? If it's a podcast, what are the topics I can really get into and how big can that audience get? Um, you know, with whitetail, it's like, dude, you can get to, there's 10, 12, <laughs> 12 million people that do yeah. that. Um, now we're talking. Um, it, but, but if you, you know, if you're going to get into like snipe hunting, the snipe hunting podcast, it's like, man, that's a ridiculous example, but I'm just saying like, yeah, like there's not that big of an audience. <laughs> what, uh, what's the biggest lesson you've learned building, uh, go wild. Um, that's a really good question. And it seems like one I should have really practiced, uh, probably to not get so damn distracted. I mean, I, I've, our company has pivoted multiple times. We've, we've tried out way too much stuff. Um, we didn't know who we were early, early in the business. And, uh, we, we spent a lot of time, a lot of money trying stuff we shouldn't have, but the the flip of that is like, you don't know what's going to stick until you do it. We did this gear thing and it was one of five things we were looking at. And then everybody went nuts over gearbox, which is the functionality. It's kind of just become a part of go wild. It's not really called gearbox anymore, but gearbox was the ability to tag gear and that ended up taking off and it's like man well we should just do more of that and so we started you know leaning into that leaning into that and now we sell gear because it was such a successful thing um so my 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 hesitant answer there is that i wish there were there i wish there were things we hadn't done um but without doing those i don't know that we would have gotten to where we are yeah kind of just the learning process isn't it it is. Yeah. Um, I guess I'll have one more question for you. What is your favorite wild game dish? Hmm. My favorite wild game dish, at least as of late, is super simple. I uh, I take my grind, and everybody makes grind. I will say I'm like meticulous in making my grind, though. Um, I can see other people's pictures and know that my grind... <laughs> is better i'm a i'm a grind snob but i take like every bit of fat that i can pull out is not going in my grind pile i will sit there for like two hours cutting every little piece of fat off of my grind and then i do something that a lot of people think is weird but i'll take about a third to a half of my liver when i'm making my grind and i cube it up and i'll i'll put it in as i'm making the grind and it makes the grind when you make it, you're like, dude, this is going to be nasty because uh, it's like going to be heavy liver taste. If you don't like liver, that could be unappealing. But when you cook it, it's it's not super strong. And the way I use my grind, um, I'm, I don't really make burgers with it. Um, I'm, I, I make Mexican pizzas with this liver grind and it is really really good uh i don't know that it's my favorite thing like i think my favorite thing is just taking like a sirloin roast or the football roast cooking it medium rare slicing that thing super thin um it's kind of hard to beat that but like for the element of surprise nobody ever expects a mexican pizza made out of venison liver <laughs> and and grind meat um but it, it's you know uh it's kind of like think of uh, a lot of people like those taco bell ones that like that's kind of what people think of it is that at like a gourmet level when I make these. It is so good. Um, I take and I, I I take traditionally. I think they're made with pinto beans. I take them with uh, black beans and I put in a little bit of uh, lime juice and salt and cook that until and then I blend it and use that and then I put the meat on top of that. It is 
it is like mind-numbingly good. In fact, I have a dinner club thing coming up that we usually have once a year to cook for our friends, and I'm I'm thinking about doing Mexican pizzas. That that sounds damn good. I've it's never so uh, good. I've never heard of anybody grinding up liver in their ground. So you're you're doing one deer and then half the liver. It, half is going pretty uh pretty deep into that commitment. You might want to try it at a third the first time yeah. you do it. Um, I kind of brings up another question is there um on the go wild app is there a place for recipes on there maybe i'm maybe i'm mistaken or i'm missing it we used to do that we don't do it anymore um yeah we had this whole thing of like ability to submit a recipe and it would pin to your profile and stuff you could pick like um the protein and like whatever you're using it was cool it was a really cool uh functionality and we removed it because people were just posting links to recipes. <laughs> it's yeah. like nobody uh -huh. was using it. Um, it wasn't their personal ones. You're right. Right. Yeah. People were, like we, we were getting like, I don't know, five a week. It just wasn't enough to um, you. Anytime you build technology, you get into tech debt. So things have to be updated. Every time you update the app, you got to pay attention to the recipe functionality for eight people. It's, and sometimes it's like, three people using it three times a week you know uh so when you're looking at literally what hundreds of thousands of people are doing it's like well, sorry three people and you know spread across the country we're gonna kill the recipe thing uh so food is still super important to us i mean uh one of the, i mean even to the brands we work with we just brought in um and that's one thing i should call out is like we sell a lot of cool gear uh and a lot of emerging products uh one of the products we sell is tactic calories uh, we have a a meat meat and taters combo, so it's a a, a venison rub and a, a vegetable rub that we sell together. It's a good deal. It's a better deal than you'll get th through them direct. Uh, so from our partnership, you can go to Shop Go Wild and look up meat and taters, and you'll find it. Uh, but like you know, I love working with Casey, who owns that company, because I love to cook, and so um, you know, cooking is still really important to us. I've done multiple sweepstakes with uh, wild game chefs. I've hunted with wild game chefs for go wild. And, um, you know, it's something we like to, to be a part of, but you know, sometimes that doesn't mean it should be functionality within the platform. Yeah. That's what hunting's all about. Right. Getting the yep. meat. <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. I mean, that's, I love it. I love, uh, cooking about as much as I do hunting. Like I love the butchering yeah. about as much as I do the hunting and I love the, the cooking as much. Uh, one of the, my favorite recipes that I'm doing right. Uh, I do this part time of year is my double smoked venison chili, which is, hmm. uh, I smoke little, like, you know, you always end up with like little chunks of meat that aren't quite a roast. You would want to make barbacoa or something big with, but there's like a lot of big chunks that maybe you don't want to put in grind either. So I take like two or three of those up to four or five pounds of meat and I smoke those. And then I actually smoke the chili in a Dutch oven on my big green egg. Hmm. Um, it's awesome. We actually have a YouTube video out there where you can see the whole process. We just launched it, uh, uh, December today. I think it went up today, December 15th. So, uh, cool. you'll find it. I have to check that out. Can you tell yeah. everybody like if they want to connect with you anywhere, I know they, they can look up the app you're, you're on, um, ios and android um, yeah go wild but. yeah go wild's one word or you can just go to downloadgowild.com and that'll take you to the links to download the app we are if you just want to shop it's shopgowild.com um i personally am on linkedin and go wild if you download go wild you'll get a message from me automatically within 24 hours 
let me know that you heard about me on the the hunt the wild podcast and uh say hey and uh that's pretty much it i mean i have a twitter that i use just to look at news really i have like 35 followers so if you want to be number 36 there you can come <laughs> over to that sad party uh but really i'm i'm just on um just on linkedin and go out at this point and um very active on both so happy to connect with anybody there at either place cool well uh i'll let you i'll let you jump off here i know you're a busy guy and it's all good man thanks for having me uh this was fun um always always cool to get to be on a be a part of a new show and get to share the story with the new audience yeah i appreciate you taking the time uh i'll catch up with you soon and i'll uh i'll keep reading your linkedin posts i read them every day so yeah thanks adam appreciate it all right i'll see you man see ya